Road. We're your hosts, Ricky and Alyssa. We're here to share the success stories of people who took the opportunity to join the trades and how these opportunities can be achieved by anyone looking for success. Our work may be seasonal, but our stories don't have to be. Become your own success story. Hey everybody, welcome back to Middle of the Res Road. Today we have a special guest, Kenny Budrow, and also we have Joel with us along with Ricky. Um, I just want to start off by saying welcome, Kenny, and I want to know everybody's plans for uh, the weekend here coming up. Okay, I got plans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go watch the Fond du Lac boys, uh, junior varsity, and, and uh, varsity team play tomorrow. I heard, they're, I heard they're legit, you know, as they usually are every year, and then Sunday our youngest has a, a couple games, so uh, I'm not sure where she's playing, but um, other than that, you know, the Chiefs play on sun- Saturday as well. 20 on the Chiefs. Oh. oh. <laughs> Big spender. <laughs> that was that was just the first bet. <laughs> oh, the other ones at your discretion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the one I could say on air. This is your what third or fourth episode now? Third episode here at the middle of the Res Road. I gotta ask. The dynasty. Are you as nervous as the first time? Um no, I, I don't I don't really let the nerves get to me it's like uh, i'm pretty prideful at talking so it's like i actually act you know sometimes i i gotta shut myself up you know because i talk too much you know and it's like i find comfort with it especially you know like being right here with you guys you know it's like it it's a lot easier you know i mean we get to you know communicate together so it's a lot easier to talk with you guys it's good medicine brother I know we've talked a little bit about like recovery and how like Joel, for example, you went to the five skies after you were in recovery and it's kind of helped you like stay on that course. But I kind of want to know like the beginning stages of going into recovery. So I figured if you guys don't mind, I'd want to kind of ask you guys some of those questions because I know you both are in recovery and you guys hold meetings and just doing awesome stuff for yeah like that's um a lot of service work is involved with um staying sober today you know like uh staying in recovery i should say um but like um i i just i was one of those people that had to keep just doing it you know like just keep doing it and keep failing and um keep you know it was a very hard repetitive cycle that I went through for years and years you know I mean from a teenager in high school or you know like uh, many years of you know like alcoholism and um drug use I mean that led to you know like um, bad relationships emotional mental health traumas a little bit of you know a little bit of everything you know I mean if I wasn't the one being abused or, you know, like if I wasn't abusing myself, it's like I was doing it to someone else. You know, that's just how, that's just how addiction worked. And it, and it wasn't always directly, it was indirectly, you know, so it could be 
and what I wanted someone to do for me or how I wanted um, to treat people, how I wanted to be seen, be seen by people, you know, like that's that, that was always like the complex that I had growing up is I wanted to be the center of attention. I wanted to be the person that everybody wanted something from. You know, and that and that keeps you sick for a long time. And then I learned about um, selling, not only using, but selling. And um, for many years, you know, like, and, and I was always really good at that. I was really good at the hustle of it. And that, that was a huge addiction in itself. And um, I was being a good speaker. I was, you know, being able to um, persuade people to do what I wanted them to do, you know, that was always a, a huge thing. So when I got into recovery, you know, I mean, after 25 years of, you know, drug abuse and alcoholism and um, just different, different types of, um, I, I'd say addictions, different, different types of addictions, you know, it's like, I had to take a good look at that, you know, and I had to get in trouble. I had to jump the hoops. I had to do all the things that, you know, to stay out of prison. You know, I had to jump the hoops. I had to make um, good decisions and, you know, and they were not always good, you know. I was in recovery for a few months. I'd fall, lose it all, come back, you know. So it, it, it was like a, a constant learning you know, like that I had to do. And, you know, I like doing things the hard way, you know, like <laughs> always have. That's that's just the way it is, you know, like I've always did things the hard way. And um, the last time I ended up in jail around 2018, 2018, I lived on my reservation and that's where the tumble effect just started. You know, I started... um just I guess learning is what I say you know like learning by what I was doing wrong and that kind of just continued and um I overdosed on heroin on January 3rd 2019 and that's the last time I ever used heroin you know that made me realize that my life is important you know, like, like coming out of it and all these paramedics and all these people around me. And only thing I could feel was shame, shame, regret, um, guilt, trauma, just a little bit of everything. I was like, am I that selfish where I wouldn't even been able to say, I love my daughter one last time. I love my yeah. daughters or, you know, I love my family, my mom, my brothers, you know, like all my relatives, all my friends, you know, I was that selfish where I wouldn't have been able to say I love them one last time, you know, and um, that opened up huge doors in my mind. It's like I turned myself in on January 6th, 2019. Um, my sober date is January 7th, 2019, and when I went to jail, I just realized that how am I going to help anyone outside of these walls? You know, and when I sat there in jail for that short period of time, I came to a conclusion that 
I needed to help myself. You know, that's that part of, you know, my journey where I had to help myself, where I had to stand up for myself, where I had to put faith and belief into myself, you know, whether it was that day, that week, that month. And I wasn't really worried about how long I was going to be there. I just knew I was safe. I knew I was sheltered. I knew I was fed. And I knew I was alone, you know, but, but. When I thought about that, I was like, I did this, you know, so I had to be responsible for myself and acknowledge that. Those were your decisions that you made. and. Yep. And that, you know, like a lot of feelings come with that, you know, and, and I just, you know, like I had to just let it all go and, and live in the moment. I learned how to live in the moment as soon as. I got the opportunity, I went to treatment, and I left it all out there, everything. It's like I cried, I I felt, I was emotional, I was, you know, everything just hit, hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, within that first 90 days of being clean, you know, like everything, you know. and Crying, crying during uh, commercials and stuff, you know, when you finally give yourself the right to feel all the emotions that you've been holding, you know, holding back, and um. Being a, you know, um, a, a certified tough guy, street guy, homeless guy, you know, and all the things that we as men, you know, the labels that we put on ourselves, you know, um, instead of the scared guy, the embarrassed guy, the shameful guy, the guilty guy of all the things that, you know, we put ourselves through. Uh, and, you know, our family members, you know, Joel's got uh, his, his, his baby, you know, I've met her, she's a beautiful young lady, and, you know, and I got nieces and I got three girls of my own and, and my sweetie, my sister, you know, all the things that that will never turn their back on us, you know, um, regardless of how many times we come and go and out of, out of their lives, you know, and you finally, you know, you finally get sick of that, you know. Um, you know, when I first started my addiction, you know, um, I wasn't the best at it. You know, it's like recovery, you know, you got to come back and sober up and heal up or whatever, get your mind right, and then you got to go back there and try that again to see if I did this right. Or, you know, and it's like Joel said, man, we always want to be the tough guy, the cool guy, the witty guy, the handsome guy, and the, and the guy that everybody needs when they need something. But that gets old, man. You get tired. You get lonely, you know, and, and you get, you know, uncomfortable with who you are as an individual, you know, and, you know, um, that's where I was, you know, I started my addiction because it was a little bit of peer pressure, you know, and then I started to like it, you know, I, I started to like the way it made me feel, you know, the adrenaline rush, and then it made me quick-witted and, and a little bit funnier and, and a little bit happier, but the crash was something else that I've never really experienced or whatever, the withdrawal, whatever, you know, and I remember when I started my addiction, it was off pills, and I think I got like a toothache or something like that, man. Or no, I was in a federal prison, and I and I twisted my back, and the guy gave me uh, Percocets. I didn't know what a Percocet was, and his brother's just like, man, he gave, why'd you do that? And he gave you the good stuff, and I was like, I don't know what that was. And then when when I would go to the to the med call and, and get it, when it kicked in, I was like, man, where he's been, whatever he's going. <laughs> so that's where it started, and then. When I got out, you know, I started, I was on parole, of course, or whatever, you know, and, and being the individual I was, I was on, I was on ISR, you know, that's intensive supervised release where you got a, me, I had a fed guy 
and then I had six guys that were in the ISR department. So I was being jerked in all different types of directions, whatever, man. And then that in itself, when you don't know how to handle responsibility of of being a productive citizen, you know, um, you just cut the cut the bracelet off or you stop calling these guys or whatever, and then you just go back out and you're not any better than when you are when you come back. You know, because when you come back, you're fresh from learning all this new stuff, but you don't know how to use it because you've never put all this stuff that you learned into into play. You would just revert back to the old ways, go back out being homeless and scared and then hustling to be high and then hustling to stay a night or hustling for this or hustling for that. And in, in, in my case, I made people expendable. If you didn't want it, somebody else did. You know, if you didn't want to go in the store and get me this pair of shoes, well, I know your buddy, he likes to be high, so I'm going to give him a little bit less than I gave you. I'm going to say, man, he's like, you're getting more than he got, whatever. And that's the way it is, man, being manipulative and being good at that. You know, but deep down inside, knowing that's not how you're supposed to treat anybody, man. You know, um, and I made it easier on myself by not necessarily using my people. You know, I would leave use somebody else that was non-native, and then I would make myself feel a little bit better. I'm not using my brothers or sisters for this. But still, that individual that was taking the risk is somebody's son, daughter, brother, sister, best friend, niece, nephew, cousin. You know, um, and then you go through time, and then once you get caught, you know, um, like Joel said, man, you know, I was never really mad at anybody that was in jail. You know, doctors or hospitals need doctors. You know, zoos need zoologists. Jails need jailers. Say, for instance, Joel didn't put me there. I did. I didn't call my probation officer. I didn't check in or I didn't do this. I didn't do that. So there's no reason reason for me to be angry at anybody except the man in the mirror because he's the he's the one that caused all my where I'm at. But at the same time, like Joel said, you know, I was safe. I was going to get some rest. I needed to spend a little time in here and to figure out where I needed to be, where I wanted to be, where I had to be. You know, I'm got shelter, three hots and a cot. You know, and, and for a long time I was okay with it. You know, during the end of my career as is, is, is an addict, I mean, I'll, I'll always be an addict. But as a criminal, you know, I knew that I was going to be okay because, you know, nobody had to worry about me. They knew where I was at. They knew I was going to be fed and bathed, and I had a place to, to stay for the night. But as an individual who was trying to kick that habit and get into the new life, you know, that's like being born again, man. You know, I had to learn how to talk to a female or a male without being vulgar or disrespectful, and, you know, because some of us are fluent in cuss, and every other word is an F-bomb or whatever. And people don't get that some places or whatever, you know, but that's the street lifestyle. You know, if you're not swearing, something's wrong with you. You know, you must be a cop or something, you know, like, and that's just the way people think. And that's the lifestyle that, like Joel said, you know, we get a, you know, there's an addiction in that in itself, just the hustle itself of, you know, copping a big bag and then, man, bagging it up and then knowing what we're going to do with it and all that stuff, you know, it's, that's an addiction in itself, you know. Um, so it, it, it took a while. You know, because I would come into recovery and then, 
man, is this it? And then go back out, whatever, and then I'd be out there. Like, man, this this is it? So I was like, man, I would have to, you know, go back into recovery. And, it, and it's trial and error in both, in both ways, you know. But this life is way better than old life, man, you know, by far, you know, because I put in the work, you know, I'm still putting in the work, you know, um, I don't have to worry about where I'm sleeping tonight. You know, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about, am I going to eat today? Because I've ate, I got a, a house full of food, and, and it's kept that way, you know, because not just for me, but we got three babies in the house as well. You know, so the cupboards are full and the fridge is full, and, and, and that's, uh, that's an accomplishment, and I'm proud of that. And... um you know, where we, we, you know, we got a four-bedroom house, you know. Um, and, and I have people, I watched Joel, um, a brother that I worked with at the, at the halfway house. He got seven years today. A brother that I also work with, uh, he got eight years last week. And I'm watching these guys. Colin Cash, you know, is a big part of my recovery. I met him, you know, I've known him for, for years. And he came up to Duluth and spoke a few weeks ago. You know, and I watch him. And not just the men, but the women also in my life. You know, my, my honey, Bettina, who I love very much. Um, I watch her, you know, and also, you know, Ashley. You know, um, there's a lot of people that uh, that I, I watch, you know, and, and, and see how they do, do their thing. You know, and I don't necessarily compare or, or, uh, Mimic, you know, I just see it and I put my own little twist on it, you know, what works for me. And, and, and so far it's working, you know, and uh, a lot of gratitude, you know, a lot of humility, um, a lot of sacrifice, not really sacrifice, you know, but. Um, it felt like a sacrifice. At first it did, yeah, at first it did. Now it's just like riding a bike, brother. You know, it's like riding a bike, it's like breathing, it's just something you do without not even knowing that you're doing it. How long are you? Have you been in recovery for? Um, it's like I don't know, thirty months, something like that. Thirty, thirty months. Nice. It's going to be three years in a in a couple months. Yeah. Congratulations! Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. That's huge. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, um, it, it, it's it's you know, um, I have my family. I have a lot of people in my. Not just recovery family, you know, because Joel's my brother, you know, and um, all the people that we go fellowship with, you know, we're, we're a big family, you know. And uh, when we show up at these restaurants after a meeting, man, there's like 8, 9, 10, 12, 14, and we're deep and we're loud <laughs> and, and, and we're laughing. And, you know, sometimes they, they look at us kind of crazy, you know, but we're all sober, man. Yeah. Oh, we're like, sober. Yeah. We get that a lot. Like, <laughs> so how, how, how are you guys sober? You guys have the most fun out here. Yeah. You know? yeah. and, and it's like, you know, it's just, um, that's the fellowship. You Having know, good that, company. That's absolutely. What, yep, yep. yep. Connection. You yeah, know, absolutely. like uh, feeling comfortable with the people you're around, you know, and, and that's how we keep it. We, we, we stay around good people. You know I mean? That's, you know, it's like, I, I got to stay around good people. It's like whether it's a phone call, whether it's a message, whether it's, a, you know, like uh, one of Kenny's memes on Facebook, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> like he, <clears throat> he does have, um, 
some crazy ones on there. So, yeah, I just laugh at them, you know. Like, and, and it's just all about, to me, making someone smile. You know, and uh, my job, this, this, this young lady came in today, you know, it's an older couple, and we get the regulars, and, um, and uh, she's like, you know, they came in today, and I was like, I'm the host with the most, you know, and then I bring them <laughs> the water and the coffee. I say, hey, how are you guys doing? Whatever. And she's like, I'm doing well, you know. And she's like, how are you? And I was like, I'm doing, I can't complain, ma'am. I can't complain at all. And, uh, and she was like, you always seem so good. And I said, well, I woke up today for one. I said, my heart's beating. I said, I'm doing a job that I love. I said, I, I, I get to work around people that I vibe with, that, that I enjoy. I said, I have a roof overhead. I said, what's to complain about, ma'am? I said, my children are taken care of. I said, they're in school. They're doing well. I said, what, what do I have to complain about? And she said, that's what I'm talking about right there. Here's a fiver. Yeah, here. <laughs> where's the free food? <laughs> Here's a fiber for you. <laughs> but gratitude and humility and honesty is huge. You know, um, because being a man, you know, there's certain questions you got to ask yourself sometimes. Am I the type of guy that I would introduce to my parents? Am I the type of guy that I would, you know, you know, introduce to my kids? You know, leaving my house alone. You know, and if it, it, and and if you have, you know, the answer no to any of them questions, well, you got to dig a little deeper and find out why you said no to that question. Because you know, um, and I and and I did, you know. Um, and, and, and it's hard looking at yourself sometimes, man, when you're all those labels, when you, you, you know, that you consider yourself. And all you got to do is just be compassionate and human, man. That's it. You know, people are going to make mistakes. You know, and, uh, and uh, like I said, you know, when I, I grew up in foster care and I, you know, no one, you know, I'm trying to be this certain type of individual when not not having any uncles or cousins or, or you know, um, people that I, I that are supposed to teach me the ways, you know, on, on how I'm supposed to be. It just That just, you know, I was lost, you know, lost and hurt because I grew up in foster care. My, my mom was killed from domestic, you know, uh, violence when we were four, five, and six, my little brother and my older sister. And uh, I had uh, such hatred towards her, you know, because... You know, she left us with strangers, and then she left us, you know, with no goodbye. So so there's no closure there, and and it's just that, you know, that I always think of, you know, like, ah, you know, you know, you know, and then you start to say things to her about her, you know, and none of them ever good, none of them ever good, you know. And um, so, you know, and any anybody that kind of had, any kind of love or, you know, compassion towards me or whatever, you know, and you're going to meet people in this life that you're just on a level with, you know, um, spiritual level. And they understand, you know, the things that we go through as humans. And they're just trying to show you a little, you know, just show you a little love, but, you know, you, you face them like this or whatever. So the ice around the heart gets, you know, even thicker and more, you know, whatever. Um so being lost, you know, that's, you know, like, so, you know, that breeds a, there's a, a certain type of individual that's, you know, no compassion, you know, no, no love, no understanding, you know, because it's my way. And that, you know, that's tunnel vision, you know, and anything that comes into that little bitty tiny circle, 
you know, it's a threat, you know, and that's, you know, and then, you you know, if you're threatened, but then you, you, you got to puff up and then fight, you know, fight back and stuff like that. And whether it's just, you know, a, a kind word or a gesture from somebody or whatever, and just, you know, we as humans, you know, we do show each other love and, and, and compassion and understanding and kindness with no ulterior motive. But, you know, um, I didn't look at it like that, you know, and um, so that kept me back for a long, long time, you know. Um, if I went to prison, okay, let's go. You know, it's not like I, I haven't been to prison before. And but one of one of one of the ladies that I met in in prison, she told me years ago, man. She said you are a very bad individual because you not only victimize and hurt people to get here, among society's worst of the worst, you victimize these people. So what does that say about you? You know, and I. First, I kind of like, yeah, man, you know, that's a badge of honor right there, you know, in the world I come from. But after a while, when you kind of get sick of that stuff, you're like, man, I'm not a very good guy, man, you know. And then you kind of make a breakthrough, and then there's that that emotional stuff again, like Joel was talking about, that the shame and the guilt. I'm like, yeah, I was a bad guy. and then, But I can't feel that, you know, so I might as well go out and get high and, you know, that's who I am, so I might as well live up to that, you know, and you can go back out, you know, and you know, it's that trial and error stuff I was telling you about earlier. God dang. That's, yeah, repetitive. Absolutely. It's very repetitive. Absolutely. And I think we're, we're, we're always both pretty good at that is, is hurting ourselves through decisions, you know, sure. like that's, that's how it is, you know, and that's how addiction works, you know, I mean, and, and you know, like, where I feel the worst is the people that never figure it out, the people that never reach out for help, the people that never seek anything different. You know, like that's where my heart's at today, you know, is like those people that feel that there's no no other way, no other way but the way they're living right now, you know. And, and you know, me and Kenny are proof, you know, we're, we're proof that, that something clicked, something worked. You know, I mean, you know, we, yeah, we, you know, we've been through tough things, very tough things, but, but it's like, we acknowledge that too. Yeah. And we share that openly because we know what, we, we know what the bottom looks like. We really do. You know, it's like, and, and I be sure to share that with my daughter with, you know, and I, I really like what Kenny said about, you know, like, would you introduce that person your kids would you introduce that person you know and 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 i've thought about that actually like would i be the kind of person i'd want to see my daughter with and i was like today yes today yes but 10 years ago (laughs) heck no absolutely not what do you do with that guy yeah yeah exactly you know we'd be probably boxing or i'd probably get beat up or something (laughs) (laughs) and 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 what's good about like well, Joel and I, we both worked with our brothers at the treatment center, you know, here in Sawyer, Minnesota. And, and and it's the same thing, man. You know, I was like, brother, man, it's I, I understand what you're going through, man. You know, and, and we do tech lectures and <clears throat> tech readings and, you know, our own little thing, whatever, and do a little reading. And, you know, who wants to start? 
And I get it because I was there. Everybody's kind of looking around at each other. Nobody whatever, wants to man. start. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. And so I was like, <clears throat> well, I'm Kenny. I'm an addict. And they're like, you know, hey, Kenny, whatever, you know. And I just want to say, uh, before I get this going, I said, you know, look up my, 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 my name tag. I was like, just because I'm wearing this, it doesn't mean I'm a better than anybody, man. You know, I'm still an addict regardless. And I would take it off. And then we would go about our business. And, you know, and I was like, um, you know, when I first started recover, I was the, the young guy. And I was the cool guy. And I was the tough guy. And I was the lost guy at one point. And I said, the last time I was in treatment, I was the old guy. And so these guys would come up to me, hey, hey, chief, man, you got a minute? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, because uh, most of the time we just want to be heard, you know, and sometimes we want to be validated. And so I would, you know, make time for these brothers that had questions and about this or about that or how you do it. Um, what's the trick? You know, the trick is to forgive yourself, man. And the trick is to forgive people that hurt us because hurt people hurt people. And I didn't know what the heck that thing meant for a long time. I was like, what the heck is that? Let that go. Like, tell me how to let that go. And I will do it. I would have did it yesterday. So, you know, in, in my recovery, in my, in, in, in my journey, you have to experience certain things. You have to figure things out for yourself. You're going to have to put in some work. You're going to have to make some sacrifices. You're going to have to do this. First and foremost, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Self-pity is going to get you nowhere. When you start feeling sorry for yourself, you give yourself the green light to be mean to other people because you're feeling that way. Is that kind of like <clears throat> one thing that pushes you guys into like a relapse or something? Is like that self-pity of like all I, the stuff I, I did when I was using. I think wanting people... To feel how you feel. Oh, you got to share that. Yeah, yeah you got to share like, that stuff too, man. It's a, it's a control thing. Yep. You know, like if, if everything ain't the way that I want it to be all the time, yep. I'm losing control. Yep. You know, and, and once I got that idea out of my head, you know, that not everything's going to be the way I want it to be. Not everybody's going to be the way I want them to be. That's what makes us all beautiful people, man, Absolutely. is like we, you know, like once we can understand one another to that level and not be so focused on that person's anger, that person's hurt, that person's sadness, that person, you know, like, like, like once you let go of that control, man, it's, it's very freeing, Absolutely. you know, that's very freeing because then, uh, then it's a lot less to deal with up here in the mind you know it's this it's a it's way lighter oh yeah, way uh, lighter yeah absolutely and all you got to do after that is just lead by example man you know because people are always watching yeah. you know um and i tell people you know i'm i'm a pretty humble pe person and i'm a very honest person you know um i do the right thing well i'm uh, you know when i'm by myself and and when i'm in a full room full of people because someone's always watching you man you know, and you got to show them the right way. And, and you know, if they if they don't know how, because, you know, I didn't know how to be sober. I didn't know how to talk to a female without being vulgar or disrespectful. I didn't know how to talk to a fellow brother or another man without making him feel less than himself. Inferior. You know? yeah, absolutely. Yes, you know? inferior. That yep. is, that's huge or whatever, you know. And, and once you get 
you know, over yourself, you know, your ego and your pride and all the things that we tell ourselves that we are, you know, and then it's, and, and it's just, it's like, man, I'm just, I'm just a guy, but you're an awesome guy, man. You're a good dude, man. You're a guy that people want around. You're a guy that reach out, you know, that people reach out to. And you're a guy that's, you know, you're going places, you know, and then, and then that's also that self-care and that, that daily affirmation, and, you know, without, you know, boosting the ego, um, you know, you, you start believing the things that you tell yourself, you know, we, we told ourselves late at night in the past, what kept us in addiction. You, know, you believe your, you know, the, the things that you tell yourself in the morning and during the day, man, you got this brother, you can do this. You know, and and that's the, and that's the that's the good stuff right there, man. And that's what keeps you going, man. The compliments, absolutely. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like like, and that's where I had to humble. Well, and I don't like using the word humble because you know, like when I use the word humble, it actually that's very prideful to have to even say humble. You know, but it's like I just got to understand in my own mind when I get a compliment. That ain't to raise, you know, like raise the me up in the air and, and to think I'm any better than anybody. It's just, you know, like um, coming into recovery, I was a very, very judgmental person. Like even people that had years before me, you know, it's like, look at how much better than everybody they are, you know, like, mm. and that's how I thought, you know, that was my addict mind thinking and, you know, how did I get here? How did I get to these years and, you know, like of not using and not being my old self? It's like, I got here one day at a time. Yeah. Making, making the best decision every minute, every day, every hour, you know, it, it's like whatever you have to do to get here. Because you know? it doesn't just affect me, you know, it affects my babies and my sweetheart and my employer and my coworkers and my brothers and, you know, the, the people that are in my life, you know, it, um, it trickles, you know. And um, back when, before I knew all that, and, you know, there's a thought process these days as well, you know. Um, I think before I speak, you know, for the most part, you know, sometimes I'm just funny, whatever, just whatever comes out, comes out, whatever, you know. But it's not in a hurtful way anymore, you know. Um, and you just got to figure out, you know, got to relearn things, how to speak and how to think and how to act and you know um like i said for me i i watch people that are in recovery um and not just really in recovery but in life you know because there are guys that are outside recovery that are you know doing their thing and 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 you know uh that i'm friends with you know this was just you know this was just my journey you know um but i watch and i learn you know because i've always been that guy you know to see you know, be the guy at the party that sat in the back and didn't say anybody any, anything to anybody for hours. But I saw it all, man. I saw it all to who's doing what and who's not doing anything and then, uh, who I kind of wanted to be around or whatever, you know. But that's what I do these days, man. I kind of want, uh, you know, I kind of like to be the person that, you know, people look up to, you know, in a good way. And so, you know, we uh, just do things that... Uh, the word I'm looking for, man, we, we 
by example, I guess. You know, I just Lead goes back to example. that one. Inspire. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And motivate and encourage and support, you know. Um, because whether you're not, whether you want to believe it or not, brother, you know, this is what I say to guys. I've been there, man. You know, um, to get through all the, to get where I'm at right now, man, you have to go through all the stuff, you know, again. And that's what people don't want to face or do. Because that's, you know, um, some have been in some really ugly places, you know, and, and to go back to that, to talk their way out of it, I mean, through it, you know. Um, to admit. Yeah. To admit yeah, yeah. those wrongs and to rewrite those <laughs> yeah. wrongs, that's yeah. that's the toughest place to come out of. That's what I was going to ask is that was like the hardest step to do is. Oh, yeah. Who who likes who likes to admit that yeah. they were they were a bad person and how were you a bad person you know it's like and, and to have to openly share that with your brothers your sisters your you know your mom your your daughters you know your your relatives your friends that you've known for years that had no clue about what you were going through you know like and that yeah that's i i'd say that's probably one of the hardest ones is to look at yourself and you can't lie to yourself, you know, like when you're alone, you're looking at that mirror and you're um, reflecting on your own character, you know, like, are you going to lie? Are you going to be able to get yourself to believe that? <laughs> you right. know, that's a tough thing to do. Stay tuned next hey, week to hear more of this episode. Hi, 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 hi.